Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Amen. Well, in the last uh, couple of weeks, we had Reverend Marty Blackwelder that has, has, has came, and this was such a blessing. In fact, so many of you just loved him and appreciated him. Uh, and again, he was a tremendous blessing. But he again just spoke by the unction of the Holy Spirit saying that there are those that have went through seasons of life and God's taking you through a new season into a new place and maybe some of you have experienced some turbulent times in life. Some of you have went through some storms in life and it just really kind of spurred some things in me that I just wanted to address that very fact of how sometimes we go through difficult times in life. Has anybody experienced some turbulent times in the last 10 years? Anybody in here? How about the last 10 days? How about the last 10 minutes, man? (laughs) Dear God, yes, this morning was just crazy. Come on, all of us have gone through turbulent times, gone through storms of life. That's just life as it is. You're never going to get away from it. You're never going to be exempt from it. As long as you're living on this earth, you're going to go through difficult times. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, he said, don't think it's strange. He said, this is just part of life. Get used to it. Isn't that great news, right? That's why I said, man, I'm, I'm ready for Jesus to come now. I mean, I, raising my kids and the years that I have ahead and the, the wonderful years that I'm looking forward that are ahead in the teenage years. Like, dear Jesus, I, I can raise them in heaven. Just come now. That's okay. You know, at least, at least you know, they'll be perfect up there. So anyways, uh, all of us are going through uh, storms or go through difficult times of life. But there's this big question oftentimes that we ask, and that is... When it comes to the the turbulent times of life or the storms of life, does God send storms to us? And some would say, well, yeah, God sends us storms because that's the way that he teaches us. That's the way that he instructs us. That's how he helps us get through things. But the Bible says that God is all about life, not death. The Bible says that it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance or turn from their wicked ways. So that tells me that God is not about bringing difficulty into our lives and standing back and saying, learn from that one. Come on. Are you here this morning? But how many of us have grown up with that mentality or that thinking? Well, God does things just to teach us, just to punish us, just to get our attention. Once again, that is not God. And we see in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Don't let anyone under pressure to give it to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and put no or put evil in no ways or no one's way, rather. So God's heart, God's desire is not to put evil in your way. God's not able to deal with evil in the sense that he has the ability. There is nothing wicked. There is nothing evil in heaven. He has no ability to function with it. And he says, don't look at those things in your life that seem to trip you up and blame God for it and say, well, God's doing this. 
No, once again, it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And so then we've got to ask ourselves concerning some of the storms of life that we go through, some of the turbulent times, and sometimes we ask the question, why God or why me? And we said last week that oftentimes in those seasons, if we're really honest, we could sit back and say, you know, I really do know why this is going on in my life, right? Don't most of us know? Come on, husbands and wives. You know, it's a little frigid at home and you're thinking, what's up? Well, you don't have to look very far that you had something to do with that, right? Something you said, something you didn't say. Just the look you had on your face, and that says it all. And the wife, she's just like, whatever, right? So again, we oftentimes can identify that much of what we go through is some things that we've done ourselves. But once again, concerning these times and these turbulent times of our life, and looking at God and asking that question, well, is God a part of that? Aren't you aware of the fact that sometimes God has to just remove his hand from us, if you will? You might say, you know, in this turbulent time, it seems as though I don't feel God at all in my life. And I'm praying, God, where are you? But see, the thing about it is, is that God wants us to be obedient and follow his leading and his direction. And there's things that he's trying to tell us. But if we'll not listen and if we'll choose to do our own thing, what we end up doing is stepping outside of the grace and the protection in the hand of God. And so therefore, God just has to step back and say, I want to help you and I'm trying my best. But you've stepped outside of my provision. You've stepped outside of my protection. And so therefore, you're much on your own just because of some choices and some decisions that you've made. Can you say amen? How many of you know that we oftentimes make ourselves vulnerable to the enemy just by some of the choices that we make? You know, for that matter, you know, we can choose, like, well, just for example, let's say you, 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 you have a bonfire, right? And so you invite some people over and you're planning on going and having just some s'mores and ha- hanging around the fire at night. And so before everybody goes out, you know, you say, hey, listen, I've got some some deep woods off. You know, I'm going to spray up here. You know, do you want some? And, and the, the, the company that you say, well, no, no, I, I, I don't want any. And so you go out there and everybody's sitting around the fire and you're sitting because you sprayed, put the spray on. And you're like, man, this is great, man. The night air is just so beautiful, man. The fire is warm, man. Look at all the stars. Oh, man, there was a shooting star right there. And you're enjoying the whole evening and, and you're like, hey, can you pass me a marshmallow because I want to make another s'more. And you're just having fun. But then you see the person on the other side of the fire and they're like, <laughs> you know, they're swatting themselves. And you're like, isn't this great? And they're like, no, I'm not having fun at all. And you're like, well, what's the problem? I'm getting ate up out here. These mosquitoes are tearing me up. Well, obviously, the difference between one enjoying themselves and one not enjoying themselves one that is keeping all their blood within their body and then the other ones that are having this the life sucked out of them through mosquitoes is all a matter of a choice right are you here this morning it's just a matter of the choices and the outcomes are oftentimes because of the things that we choose to do and even in spite of that even in spite of some of the choices and the decisions that we make, and we are experiencing hardship or turbulent times based on those decisions, God still is trying to help us in the midst of all of that. Don't you know? Think of it from a natural mom or dad. 
you know, my kids, you know, they're growing up and there are things that they're growing and learning and developing in. And there's some things that they've done or things that they do. And there's consequence or whatever the case might be based on those decisions. But nevertheless, because I'm a loving father, I still care and want to help them in the midst of their turbulent time, right? I might be able to give them some instruction. I might be able to help in one way or another. That's my heart as a dad. They might still have to own the decision, but my heart is still to help them as a dad. And so God's the same way. Even though we're going through some things, he's not sitting back and saying, yes, stupid. How are you liking that one? He's not that way. He's wanting to help us. And he's helping us to the best of his ability. But on the flip side of that, God also wants us to feel the weight of our decision. Let me say that again. God wants us to feel the weight of the decisions that we make. Because if you never feel the weight or the consequence of your decision, you'll never know it was a bad one. (laughs) Right? Come on. So God's saying, hey, listen, that don't feel real good, does it? I've said, choose life or choose death. Choose blessing or cursing. Now you choose. And then based upon what's going on in our life, he's like, wrong choice. (laughs) Right? God's wanting us to help us. And for that matter, that's what the law was all about in the Old Testament. He gave us the law not to correct us, not to be hard. But he gave the law to let mankind know, you can't do it on your own. You can't measure up to meet all the law and be perfect before me. That's why you need me. Amen? Amen. And that's where God's wanting us all to come through in life. And many a times, the reason that turbulent times are in our life is because we've said, Hey, God, I've got it. I'm good. Don't need you right now. It's like, oh, whew. That didn't turn out too well. Right? God just simply wants to be involved in our lives. The Bible says this, it says that God brings the rain on the just and the unjust. And for some of us, like, God, that's just not fair. Because I'm a child of God, I'm serving you. And so you bring the rain or you bring good things on me, but you also do that for those that aren't walking with you? Yeah, he does, because he loves humanity. He brings the rain on the just and the unjust. He brings blessing on the just and the unjust. He loves the righteous and the unrighteous. But when it comes to the enemy, he hates the just and the unjust just as much. And he's looking to mess with your life to get you to a place where you'll just back up, back away from God. Have you ever felt that in your life where you feel like, God, I'm giving it all to you because, God, it just seems like life isn't working. It just seems like it still hasn't turned out the way you want it. Like, well, forget this whole thing. What's the use of even serving God? In fact, in Malachi, God said that to his people. He said, your words have been stout against me. He said, you've said, what value is it in serving God? And it had to do with giving tithe and offering. So basically what they were saying is, What's all, what, what's all this about giving tithe and offering? It don't work anyways. We don't ever see the blessing of God. So why do it anyways? And that's how many of us have gotten just in life. God, it's hard. I thought it was supposed to be great being a child of God. Now, there's turbulent times that come as a result of just simply walking in this life. Can you say amen? amen. 
when you think about the enemy that is wanting to wreak havoc in your life and some of the troubles that we have. For instance, we said that God rains out blessing on the just and the unjust. But the enemy brings storms and turbulence to the just and the unjust. But there's an important side of us that need to learn how to run back under the provision in the hand and the protection of God. If we find that our decisions have gotten us in this place in the first place, just make the correction. For instance, if it's raining outside and you have an umbrella in your hand and you decide to put it up, but you put it up over here and you're thinking, I'm still getting wet. Well, what do you need to do? You need to make the adjustment where you step out or step under the umbrella, right? Well, that's what we need to do with God. If it's just about, God, I'm not liking what I'm feeling or what I'm seeing. Just make the adjustment. God, I want to get back where I need to be. And if you don't know where that is, just ask God. He'll tell you. He'll tell you where you missed it. He'll tell you where you need to make the correction. Have you ever, as a parent, ever said, you know what? I've got something to tell you about concerning your correction, but you know what? I'm just not going to tell you right now. I'll tell you what, the first thing as a parent, I'm real quick to say, hey, let me tell you what you did wrong, and I'm going to tell you what you did wrong right now, right? Whether you ask me for it or not. Well, God, he's not going to correct you and be hard on you, but if you'll purpose to say, God, help me. Where have I missed it? He'll begin to talk to you and give you the ability to get right back under his hand of protection. So that you can begin to have traction in life. How many of you know you need traction? Because this life has slippery slopes all over the place. And if you're not careful, it's easy to slip back into the ditch. Right? How many of you are eager for the snow that's coming? You're eager for the snow? Oh man, you're one in a million, right? How many of you know that it can get slick out there? Right? Now my wife... She's from Oklahoma, so she hasn't been exposed to all this weather like this. And so uh, our vehicles have had some incidences. As, <laughs> I, that's as far as I'll go with that. I'm just saying. Well, what is it? It's because of traction that you lose as a result of the weather. Do you know what I'm talking about? Obviously, if it's raining out, you don't want to go too fast. Because if you go too fast, you can lose traction, right? You can hydroplane. In fact, for that matter, you know, we talk about, you know, driving. And my wife, she always talks about me driving fast and all that kind of thing. And so you may have seen our truck, you know, with the GVC on the side and see it speeding down the road. And it might have gone by you quite fast. But if it's been going by you quite fast, it's probably because my wife borrowed my truck. Okay, just, you know, just putting that out. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, not buying that one out. All right, okay. <laughs> so when it comes to this life in dealing with those storms, the Bible says that God will always give us a way of escape. And we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Listen, it's common. Everybody say it's common. It's common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. How many of you have ever heard it said that God won't tempt you beyond your ability? Has anybody ever heard it that way? Maybe you've said it that way. 
That's not what the Bible says. It says that God will not allow you to be tempted or won't allow the enemy to tempt you beyond your ability or beyond what you're able. It says, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. So we see, here's the turbulent times, but the God side comes in and he says, listen, I'm making a way of escape. There's a back door. There's a way to safety. There's a way to come back under the hand and the protection of God. Come on, are you here this morning? He says, God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. That's the heart of God. God is always purposing to give us equipment to help live this life. When you think about the storms of life, we talked about driving. Is there equipment that we have in this day and this age to help us drive in turbulent times? Absolutely. I mean, there's GPS, there's different kinds of tires, there's front wheel, there's rear wheel, there's all-wheel drive. There's all kinds of things that help us navigate through the difficult times of travel in a vehicle, right? They've even got these things on your windshield that go back and forth and get the water off the windshield. Isn't that cool? It's just things that help us navigate. Amen. And so God does the very same thing. But there's different tools to help us find traction to get a footing in this life. Has anybody ever went out to Mount Rushmore? Anybody? Now, I've been out there a couple different times, and it's an amazing sight, right? And one of the things, if you go through some of the, the display that's there, uh, they'll show you how they began to create this monument and just the carving of, uh, of, of Mount Rushmore. And how they started was through drilling holes and putting big charges or blasts within the rock. And therefore, when the explosion goes off, big pieces of rock fall. But as they start to hone and shape and sculpt the big monument, it starts to become fine-tuned. What once was big blast and explosions, now it came down to equipment that was starting to chisel away the stone to begin to shape it. When you think of it from the standpoint of a, of a sculptor that is dealing on a smaller scale, they might have a big piece of stone that they start out with and they begin to chisel it away. But as they get into the fine detail, they start getting into these real sharp instruments that just help them carve the finest details in the midst of that carving. Well, God is wanting our lives to be shaped and sculpted and he's giving us tools. Many times what we end up doing is saying, God, give me the big bomb. Let's explode it. Let's blow it up. And he's like, that's not what's needed right now. I need you to do this. In fact, we talked about sculpting and those fine little scrapers. Some of you might have had the great joy and privilege of sitting in a chair with a hygienist. And they've got this little thing that scrapes your teeth. Oh, doesn't that just feel wonderful? They're like, this is going to be painless. Like, yeah, sure. How come I'm bleeding then? Right? Not real painless. But aren't you glad that they don't put a little firecracker in your mouth? <laughs> right? No, they use a little scraper. Again, I'm talking about tools. I'm talking about things that begin to help shape things in our life. And God has given us tools in our lives to begin to shape and mold and sculpt the very thing in our life to help us become the people that he wants us to be. 
even through the turbulent times of life, when it seems as though we don't have traction, when it seems like we don't have any footing, God says, listen, I want you to be able to come into a safe place. I want you to come under my protection. I want you to come under the umbrella of my love and care for you, even in the midst of the things that you're going through. First and foremost, the Bible says that he's given us some tools that, number one, is the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? So many people are just, well, yeah, I know Jesus shed his blood. But there is power in the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of Jesus is what makes us pure before God. Also, we've been given the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the name of Jesus is above every name. And I'm telling you what, that name is such a tool. When I was in the Philippines, I can remember ministering uh, uh, during a, a crusade there. And this little boy, he came up in a wheelchair. And, and I was so tired. I was so fatigued. And I'm like, God, I'm not ready for this tonight. And as I looked at this little boy in the wheelchair, he had severe club feet. Both feet were turned all the way around, almost a 360. And I'm thinking, God, my faith is weak. I'm not ready for this. I don't know if I can do this. And God says, well, it's not you that's doing it. You're ready. Just trust me. And so I bent down and I grabbed those little boys' feet in my hand and I just began to pray. And I prayed all that I knew to pray. And I'm thinking, God, I'm not seeing any change. And then I just began to call on the name of Jesus. 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 And as I began to call on that name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that is above cancer, the name that is above club feet, the name that is above sickness and death, the name that is above poverty and lack. I called on the name of Jesus and as I'm speaking the name, his little feet began to turn in my hands. There is tools that God has given us to sustain and go through this life. The Bible tells us that another tool is the very word of God itself. That is the word that sustains us. That is the word that helps transform us into the children of God that he wants us to be. And actually being transformed into his image and his likeness. Experiencing the life that he desires for us. But what I really want to bring to your attention this morning is in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 starting in verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I don't know about you, but that just does something to my thinking. It's like, wait a minute. Say that again. All right, let me tell you again. Brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Can we say, say that again? What did you say? Count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. Really? That just seems counterproductive. That just seems backwards. Count it all joy. I feel like crying right now and you're telling me to get happy. He says, yep, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that one. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he will, he will give to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. So tools to get your footing, tools that will help you get traction in this life when the storms come. And let me bring to your attention once again, count it all joy when, everybody say when. when. So what does that mean? They're coming. If you came out of one, then there's one down the road. 
If you came out of one and you didn't beat it, well, you're going to have to go through it again so that you can learn how to conquer that one. Amen. Amen. But in the midst of it, count it all joy when. Woo, praise the Lord. Happy days are here again. Oh, man, I'm telling you. So he says in regards to this, he says, when you do this or when he says, this is the testing of your faith. It tests your faith. But what does it mean to test my faith? These trials that come up. What does it mean that it's testing my faith? If you're a believer, the Bible says you do have faith. You might say, I don't feel like I've got a lick of faith. No, the Bible says in Romans, it says that you've been given the measure of faith. The measure for what? Every trial, every storm, everything that you go through. You've got faith on the inside of you if you're a Christian. God brought His faith and put it in you. You may not necessarily know how to use it yet, but it's in there. Amen? You've been given a measure of faith. Well, let me just give you an example of been given the measure of that. I told you before that I was in martial arts, and so I've been given a first-degree black belt. And I've got all this knowledge on the inside. But just because I've been given the black belt, I haven't done it or worked it or practiced it in years. So even though it's up here, how many of you know that it would be real challenging to do a high kick right now? Sure it would. In fact, the splits isn't even on the tables. I, I couldn't do that. Probably have a hard time build, bending over to pick something up, you know? Why? Because I've not used what I've been given. And I've not put to practice what I've got. The same thing concerning your faith. You've been given the measure of faith. It's God's measure in you. But if you've never learned how to practice it or use it or know that it's even there, you just struggle in this life not knowing that God's faith is on the inside of you. Amen? So when it comes to these storms of life, these turbulent times in life, when it comes to having faith, what it really comes down to is do you believe what God said? When you're going through the darkest time of your life and you say, what does it mean to have faith? It means, do you really believe God? Do you believe what God said about your storm? When you're in a storm, there's a lot of people that will come to your pity party. But you need to find the right people that will help stir up faith in your life. Amen? How many of you know you can get all kinds of people to come to your pity party? Oh, you think that's bad. Well, I got this one. I can top that one, right? Have you ever been around those? But it's far and few in between that will love on you enough to say, okay, that's enough whining and crying. Now let's chuck it up and let's get busy and let's just trust God. Amen? Now, again, if you want that kind of friend, then you come and see me. If you don't like that kind of friend, then go somewhere else because I'll love on you. But listen, I'll give you some tough love at times and say, come on, let's believe God. Let's trust God. This is who he said he is. So let's believe God for it. Amen. Amen. That's what it means to go through the trenches together with somebody. Number two, he says that he's given us faith. What is faith? Faith is a tool that says I am totally dependent upon God. Thankfully and truthfully through everything that I'm going through. Do you totally depend on God 
in the storms of your life. Come on, are you here this morning? When the bills come and there's not enough means to meet the bill, do you start scrambling and trying to figure out what you can do to make ends meet? Or do you sit back and rest and say, God, I believe you. When the doctor's report comes in, do you start scrambling and looking online and trying to figure out, oh, what this is and what that is and trying to get the symptom reduced and whatever else you can do in the natural to try to help God out? Or do you sit back and rest and say, God, you said I'm dependent upon you. That's what it means to have faith in God. Number two, the Bible says that faith produces patience. So what's the tool for us through the storms of life? Patience. Don't you love having patience? What does that mean? It means sometimes you got to wait a little bit. Don't you just love waiting? Love waiting. I I went uh, duck hunting with Jimmy a few weeks ago. And so we were out there on the water. We hours in the morning, it's pitch black. And we're waiting. We're seeing and hearing all these ducks fly by. And so you couldn't start shooting birds till what was it, 706, something like that. And so everybody's waiting. And it's like, man, look at all those birds that we could be shooting right now. And it was 706 that we're supposed to start shooting. And all of a sudden, 704, blah, blah, blah. But we're like, yeah, didn't have the patience to wait. Yeah. Why? Because people don't like waiting. Right? But the Bible says that patience is developed in us. How do you know you have patience? When you have peace in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the storm. I believe that God told me, therefore I believe it as truth. Therefore I'm going to choose to have peace in the midst of the turbulent times that I'm in. Number two in James we saw that we have faith and we have patience. But God also gives us wisdom. He'll give you direction. He'll give you insight. But how many of you know it's important to use wisdom? And there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are a fruit. Everybody following me? I said knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are a fruit. Wisdom is knowing you don't put tomatoes in jello. <laughs> Right? Well, you know, fruit salad, right? Come on, are you tracking with me? So again, we can have some knowledge, but you have to have some wisdom to know how to appropriate it. You might see that it's raining. You might see that there's some turbulent time. You might be saying, it's raining out. But wisdom says, well, go get the umbrella and stand under the provision, the protection, the hand of God. Do what's necessary. Make the choices. Make the change of direction. Get where you need to be so that you're underneath the God, the God's protection. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Come on, there are no dumb questions with God. You might make them laugh sometimes, but God doesn't mind you asking. Amen? Number four, the Bible says that he'll give us joy. James chapter one, verse two says, count it all joy. What does that mean? You've got to see the other side before you see the other side. You've got to see the answer before you see the answer. You've got to see the victory before you see the victory. If I'm seeing the victory before I see the victory, that means I can get happy now. Amen. That means I can begin to stir up joy on the inside. That means I can have a different countenance about me because I know what the final outcome is, and that is I win. 
I know that my God shall supply. I know that my God is a healer. I know that my God is a deliverer. I know that I'm going through some turbulent time right now. I know that I'm going through a storm of life. But God is my source. God is my provision. God is my protector. Therefore, I can count it all joy. Amen. This too shall pass. Amen. Why? Because my God is faithful. There's tools that he's given us, but if you never work the tools, you never see it come to fruition. Amen. Come on, how many of you got some of those honeydew projects and you know what it takes to get the job done, but if you never pick up the tools, the toilet never gets unplugged. (laughs) Right? If you don't get on the mower, the grass don't get cut. It's a tool. It's for you, but you got to use it. Let me give you some good news here Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 8, it says, do, do not be dejected and be sad, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you purpose to step into that joy and tap into joy, which is actually a fruit of the Spirit that's on the inside of you, the Bible says that it actually gives you strength. Amen? Some of you may not know, but Tim lost his brother just a couple weeks ago. If you get around Tim, you know that he's grieving for the loss of a brother. But when you talk to him, he's like, I've got joy. I've got joy because I know where he's at. I've got joy knowing that I'll see him again. See, again, there's a difference knowing that there is a solution and there is an answer and there is a hope in God. And it gives him strength in the midst of the lost brother. Amen. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit says that it soaks the strength out of a person. A cheerful heart is a good medicine. If you got medicine, you need to take it. I said, if you got medicine, you need to take it, right? Don't come bawling and squalling and saying, it hurts, it hurts. And you're like, well, have you taken your prescription? No. God says, I've given you some medicine. And it's a cheerful heart. Well, I don't feel cheerful. Well, count it all joy. I don't feel like it. Yeah, but count it all joy. Well, why would I count it all joy? Because you can see the outcome before you see the outcome. You can have the answer before you have the answer. Count it all joy. And then in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, it says, You will show me the path of life. So we got to be listening for direction and wisdom. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand is pleasure forevermore. Come on. God just wants us to run to him and say, God, I've got some storms going on in my life. But God, I just want to run to you. And God says, come here. Let me just give you some love. He says, let me give you some joy. Let me help stir that up. Help, let me help you see the picture that really is the truth. Amen. There's a saying that says, There are facts, and they are the facts. But the Word of God is a higher truth, and it supersedes the facts. Why? Because we can see beyond the storm. And God's given us some some things for some traction in our life. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed... I went just a little bit long this morning, so as I finish and pray, the worship team, they're just going to play us out. I'll dismiss you, and you guys can get about your day. But just with everybody being still and everybody being quiet, I simply want to ask you a question. 
Have you been going through some turbulent times? And I can actually hear the answer, isn't that? Yes, 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 we have. I can't say that I can even begin to understand some of the things that you've gone through. But there is a hope in knowing that your God has seen everything that has transpired. He knows the things in your life that are caused by you. He knows the things that are in your life that are an outcome of other people. And while you might feel like you've been all alone and been in a dark place with nobody caring or nobody understanding. He's seen, he's heard, and he understands. But he also wants you to know he's not going to have a pity party with you. And he's not one that is insensitive to what you went through. But he loves you. And it's time to step out of that pit, out of that dark place, and come up higher. Come into the light. Come into that place of peace. Come into that place of love. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. And if somehow, in some way, I've described you, I want you just to... Put your heart in neutral and say, I'm purposing right now to receive as pastor prays. And I let you know right now that my prayers always get answered. I don't say that to be cocky or arrogant. I just know God. And when I pray, he answers our prayers. So if you're ready to be free from that dark cloud and things that you've gone through, ready to step over into the new place, This is your morning. Now listen, you're going to sense that the burden, the heaviness leaves this morning. But don't leave the house unattended. Begin to put those tools to practice. Because if you don't do anything to help cultivate and keep that place of peace and keep under the protection and provision of God, you'll find yourself slipping back into that same place. So you've got work to do, putting those tools to practice. But we're going to do our part right now to agree with you and pray for you and with you to see God move in your life. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. Even those that are listening online, in Jesus' name, I pray for our audience, our church, in Jesus' name. And we take authority over the storm of life and we command you to cease and desist, to dissipate and leave now in Jesus' name. We speak to that infirmity of health, of sickness and disease. We command you to leave the body now. We command the health of God, healing power, flooding and filling that body right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name, thank you that emotions are coming in line. No more depression in Jesus' name. I take authority over that spirit right now and I command you to go. You have no place in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak to that weight of poverty, that weight of debt in Jesus' name and we call you canceled. We call you depleted now and we speak to the provision of God coming your way. Amen. And Father, we thank you that things are lining up 
And therefore, right now, heaviness has to leave and has to go. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. We rejoice. We are glad. And we step over into joy and stir up joy in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.